All right, guys and gals, season two, here we are. We've got some incredible guests, Dan on top, good friends of mine, exciting industry crushers. I've got Brendan Four and I've got Austin Osborne live from two different locales. I'm somewhere in the middle here in Scottsdale, Arizona. We got Austin over there on the east side of the country. We got Brendan on the west. We're just taking it all over. Anyway, welcome Dan on top season two. This is episode number two of our new season. Brendan, Austin, say hello. Hey, hey, how are you? Happy to be here. Awesome. Yeah, happy to have you. Really appreciate it. Thanks so much for coming. Austin, you with us? Absolutely. Thank you so much for having us, Dan. We're really looking forward to it. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. So let me just backtrack a little bit, tell you guys and gals who are watching who these two gentlemen are, because these are two names you want to pay attention to. All right, I'm going to tell you something as a little aside. Amongst other things, I'm a commercial real estate broker. I'm very active on LinkedIn. I like to think I got a great LinkedIn game. Okay. I think you'll agree with me. I get hundreds of messages every day. Most of them, thankfully, are very well scripted and they're nice people looking to connect. I do get your generic messages, which I, you know, I say hi to and, and all that good stuff, but I don't really go anywhere with. And then I get a ton of financial advisors who reach out to me because they want access to my network. And my answer to them is love you. Nice to meet you. Happy to help. I'm not going to make an introduction because many of you guys and gals are just trying to tell my people not to invest in commercial real estate, sell all your property holdings and invest in the equities market. Okay. Now these two gentlemen reached out to me and they had completely the opposite approach. Okay. They said, Dan, we love you. We love what you're doing. Dan, we love commercial real estate. In fact, both of them have a background in commercial real estate, Austin, especially. And they said, we've got an incredible strategy, right? That sets us apart from other financial advisors and other wealth managers that is designed specifically for individuals in the commercial real estate field and in that world, we wanna to talk to you about it. So their grit, their gumption, their hustle, their stunning good looks really had me excited and uh, not for the good looks though, but it had me really excited and I got to know them and I said, you guys gotta come on Dan on top. So here they are without further ado, guys, just jump right in. Brendan, tell me why you guys are different. I already know why you're different, but I want my audience to know. Yeah, Dan, thanks for the intro. Uh, coming into the financial services industry after 2008, I found that it was pretty hard to differentiate oneself in regards to like a rate of return. And I saw that all advisors basically have a similar pie chart. Everyone wants to gather as many assets as possible and bill you 1% uh, and never distribute funds from the account. And I thought, well, screw that. I don't really want to be that advisor. What can I do that's unique and different? having a commercial real estate background, I saw that all my clients loved cash. So I started studying what the richest, largest institutions are doing with their cash. And I started with banks yeah. and large corporations, Fortune 1000s, and basically studied their balance sheets and their strategies that their board and CFOs employ. And then I, what I did was I studied the tax code and brought those strategies to the individual market in the, in the realm of real estate developers, people who own syndicates, large institutional investors, and basically brought the institutional approach to the retail real estate owner. Awesome. Well, that makes a lot of sense. Austin, did you want to add anything there? Absolutely. Um, I very much agree um, with what Brendan said. And, you know, people in commercial real estate are extremely unique. You know, they, they dislike equities. Um, they distrust Wall Street. Um, and really what they're looking for is control. Um, they don't get a say in the strategic uh, direction or vision that Procter and Gamble or ExxonMobil deploys in their boardrooms every quarter. Um, but in real estate, 
you know, we have tools like depreciation, opportunity zones, 30-year amortizations, interest-only payments, and really the ability to use strategic leverage in our favor. It gives people in commercial real estate really that peace of mind by investing in something that they understand at a very high and deep level um, and ultimately a greater control over their uh, investments. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. And I mean, you brought up some interesting concepts. Strategic leverage is one of them. Real estate is an incredible asset insofar as not only can you cash flow, right, at, at a very high rate of return, not only can you have appreciation, but you can also leverage these assets and you can also use them to buy other things. And I know that in my dialogue with, with both you and, and Brennan, uh, one of the themes that came up was how you put the client first. And I really love that. I mean, I'm a guy who anybody who knows me will say, you know, what's Dan's motto? And one of the mottos is provide value, everything else follows. And I know that you two are definitely all about value. In fact, from what I've heard from, from you guys and, and the feedback I've gotten from other people that I've spoken with about, you know, how you guys are, are operating, your number one value proposition is your return that you're giving to investors, that you're giving to your clients. In fact, you're willing to go to bat and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you guys give some stellar returns and you're not playing with the market. You're not changing anything. You're just in a sense, I mean, you guys tell me what you're doing. Yeah, we are. Thank you. And yeah, we're, we're increasing the credit quality and the yield on real estate owners, treasury management assets. And we're doing that in a really unique way by using institutionally designed high cash value life insurance contracts. And the reason why they yield such a higher rate of return than your standard uh, certificate of deposit or savings account or whatever the real estate owner uses is because you get partnered directly with an insurance company's dividend rate. And so Austin and I basically extract commissions, fees and loads from these contracts so that our clients directly participate in Northwestern Mutual's 5% yield. And 5% isn't blow your socks off fun, but it's way better than 0.01% that the banks are giving you. And so we just got pissed off because the banks give us 0.01 and then they own corporate owned life insurance on their balance sheet. So they earn 5%, but they give the, the real estate developer 0.01% and then they're taxed at their highest marginal tax bracket. So we basically just are skipping the bank strategy. Yeah, and I, I really love that. I think that that's, that's great. Definitely my take from what you're saying is, you know, that you're putting your clients first and that your methodology, so to speak, is do good by your clients, give a good service, provide value. And, you know, from what I gather, the majority of your business is a referral business, which totally makes sense. Somebody, you know, it works with you guys and you're giving them a better yield, better advice, better product and service. Why wouldn't they tell their friends and family? Yep, I told you the other day, I, I think the work that we do is throw your putter good. You asked me about marketing <laughs> dollars and and yeah, we, we firmly believe that it's so good that it's something you'll talk about on the golf course, something you'll talk about at dinner. And and I think if you do right by your clients, good things happen. And we're also firmly yeah. that no one client will ever move the needle for any business. I don't think a one client right. can move the needle for anyone. And so just meeting smart, nice, successful people and putting them first is is always going to be our mission and vision. Well, hey, let me ask you, what can I do? What can Dan on top do to add value to you, Brendan? And uh, in introductions to people with eight to nine figures of cash on their balance sheet, be it private equity firms, right. venture capital firms, real estate firms, all of them. So listen, anybody watching with eight to nine figures of, 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 of capital available, 
these guys are ready, available, and willing. They're young hustlers just like me, which is cool. I think that that's really respectable. And um, feel free to reach out. If you want an introduction, you can reach out to me. Otherwise, just reach out direct. Brendan, um, I know you might have to go soon. If somebody wants to reach out to you to direct, what's the best way to contact you? Man, I've got my cell phone on my LinkedIn. You can DM me. I respond to everything and everyone. Um, I do get 100 messages a day. So maybe put Dan on top intro as the subject line, but I'll be sure to get back to you. Okay, awesome, awesome. Austin, what about for you? Same thing. Um, I'm available on LinkedIn, Austin Osborne, obviously. Uh, my cell phone is available as well. Um, and my email should be there too. So. And I'm going to, okay, Dan, let me, let me introduce Austin because I poached Austin from the brokerage world. Austin was crushing. That's right. Closed like 100, 100 million in loans in his first couple of years. We had worked in the same building. We always got beers together. And I said, you got to come do what I do because he was showing me some of his clients holding cash holdings. And it's smart because they leverage it to buy opportunities. But basically, I poached him. And now he's crushing it with me. I got to hop off to another call, but I'll let Austin talk about what he sees in the market and let you guys continue the dialogue. Well, hey, man, I appreciate your time. I know you're a busy guy, obviously. I'm glad we've made some time to connect here in the last few weeks. Appreciate you having here, you coming here and being with us on Dan on Top. I look forward to doing business with you. I look forward to, to a lot of referrals and a lot of fun. Hopefully we'll get together somewhere, whether it's West Coast, center of the country, East Coast, down South. We'll do something. Thanks again for your time, Brendan. I'm excited now. We've got a few more minutes here, probably about uh, eight or nine minutes. And uh, it'll be an awesome opportunity for Austin and I to go back and forth and, and have some discussion, really dial down and dig deep in commercial real estate finance and, and everything in between. So, you know, Austin, before we go into some more of the structure that I had in mind, did you have any questions that you wanted to, 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 to tease out or anything you wanted to ask me? Um, Not at this time. Okay. Okay. Fantastic. Well, then you're on the hot seat, buddy. I mean, how do you right, get into this? How, how do you become a young guy, right? Who is right. self-motivated hustler who was not only you're part of a stellar team now, but you were, you were poached. That was, I'm using Brendan's own words. I didn't make it up. He sure. saw you and, 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 and quote unquote, you know, poached you and brought you into to where you guys are right. now. So tell us how you did it. So, yeah, I'll talk, I guess a little bit about my background. You know, I've, I guess really been fascinated in real estate from a young age. I was always that person that, you know, would drive around and look at houses. And, you know, I liked all the real estate based TV shows before they were popular. Uh, I was financed in real estate at Baylor University in Waco, Texas. Um, while in undergrad, I worked with a, a private debt fund, um, really a hard money lender, uh, financing fix and flips, uh, spec construction. And then from there, after graduation, moved up to Seattle. Um, Got involved in the commercial loan brokerage side, everything from construction to acquisitions, refinances, and um, really on the debt side, it's a little unique um, compared to brokerage. We're the uh, jack of all trades, masters of none. Um, so I got to work with a lot of uh, private capital investors, uh, you know, merchant builders, local and regional developers, um, some institutions. And really, we looked at all asset types, everything from retail to storage, uh, mobile home parks, multifamily. Um, so, so really, we got a, a really broad focus, um, really on the overall financial picture um, of our clients. Okay, awesome. Well, definitely a diverse background for you, that's for sure. Let me ask you something. When you mentioned a lot about your background in, in brokerage and in debt, 
you know, debt placing. What do you think about what's going on right now in, in, in both the residential and, you know, the commercial, uh, you know, mortgage securities back markets and just in general? What are your thoughts, man? I want to pick your brain. Yeah. So I know earlier in the pandemic, um, banks and lending institutions were uh, very squeamish on cash out um, and networking um, with a lot of people in my network. And one person I would like to give a shout out to um, is Jake Wilson and Rob Hawkins. They're in Seattle, uh, Crux Commercial Partners. They are excellent at what they do. Um, and another okay. great friend of mine, William Bill Hanley, who's in Houston. Um, so I regularly correspond with um, all three of them uh, just to keep in touch with what's going on. But, um, you know, banks are, are more open to cash out right now. Um, there's a few Fannie Freddie deals I've sent to both of those parties with significant cash out um, that are getting done. Uh, the CMBS market obviously uh, is a little tough at the moment, but um, we'll see where that goes. But overall, I mean, rates are low. Um, I think there's going to be some buying opportunities here over the next few quarters. Um, yeah. And hopefully some oh, expansion and growth. Where do you see things going? I know you don't have a crystal ball, but where do you see things going in the CMBS market? Whew. It's a great question. Um, you know, it, it's really tough to say. Um, I didn't personally originate too many CMBS loans. Um, they definitely have their place, right? People like that. Um, you can get a 30-year AM on hotel retails, um, assets that maybe wouldn't normally get a 30-year AM uh, with most conventional products. Uh, people like that they're interest-only, non-recourse, but at the same time, there's a lot of upfront commitments. They're time-consuming. There's legal involved. Um, but ultimately, I, I think they will come back. Um, it just kind of remains to be seen. So, Yeah, it definitely does. And I think that you hit the nail right in the head. There's certainly going to be a lot of buying opportunities, a lot of value plays, and it's going to be exciting to see what shakes out, I think that it's very important for anybody that's uh, in the investment world to have a great financial advisor, to have a great wealth manager, a great broker, so that that person can be advised properly and um, you know, advised from a perspective of, of, of truth and honesty and transparency. You know, I, I tell my new brokers that I'm hiring that you don't wanna be a broker, you wanna be an advisor, you wanna add value, you wanna help people and guide people. And I think it's really important, especially today when very few people know what's going on, to make sure that you get your news and get your information from individuals who are in the know and who are in the trenches like yourself, like myself, like Brendan. So any pieces of advice that you have for, for investors that are you know, either either the investors that's sitting there with you know licking their chops at the opportunity or the investor that's you know heads down in the trenches scared that you know uh, there's going to be nuclear fallout in 2021. Well, what kind of advice right. do you have? You know, and there's so much noise out there, right? Between the election, the pandemic, oh um, down here, well, in the it's noise, right? A lot of it's noise. I love that you said that. So much of it is noise. All of the viewers out there, take the noise. Man, I, I want to swear, but I'm not going to swear. Take the noise and freaking throw it away. Put it away. Put on your earmuffs and listen to, to valuable people. Go ahead. Tell me a little bit more about the non-noise. Yeah, I, I mean, ultimately, I believe in American ingenuity. Um, you know, we've always bounced back, whether it be World War One, World War Two, uh, you know, everything from, you know, riots, the JFK assassination, whatever it is, Hurricane Katrina here in New Orleans. Um, and, and ultimately, I see good things for our country. Um, I think we will continue to grow. And, you know, as it comes to finance and investing, I'm a huge fan of Warren Buffett. You know, 
Um, if you do anything over the long haul, yes, there's going to be some bumps along the way, but ultimately um, by being goal focused and plan driven um, and looking at things with a long term horizon and outlook, you know, where do we want to be in 10 years, 20 years, 50 years? Um, ultimately, um, you know, good things will come from taking that approach. What we don't want to do is, you know, be reactionary and be responsive to, you know, the 24-7 media or news cycle, um, because what we know is that human nature uh, and emotion tend to be failed investors. So. 100%. Well said, my friend. Human nature tend to be failed investors. And if you get your news from valuable sources, I like to think that I'm a good source of content. You're a good source of content. Dan on top's a great show, if I say so myself. And, you know, stick to the to the outlets that are providing you things that are valuable. So, Austin, you know, we got about a minute here. Really appreciate you coming out on here on Dan on Top. Absolutely. It's been great having you on the show. And I'm pleased to have you on my network. I know we're going to do big things together. You've made some nice gestures to me this week. I, I'm very appreciative. And uh, I'm just looking forward to all the great things we're going to do. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Dan. Um, very appreciative of being here today. Um, you know, and, and one thing we tell our, our successful clients is we don't know what we don't know. Um, you know, That's many right. of our clients have estate planning. And yeah, you're right. 100%. We don't know what we don't know. And thankfully, we've got good managers and good advisors like yourself to help provide some of that very valuable guidance. So anyway, guys and gals, Dan on top, season two, episode two. We got the double deuces here. We got Brendan, we got Austin, we got Dan on top, having a good time. Appreciate everybody. Stay tuned. We got way more episodes where this one came from. Appreciate you. Love you. Keep it real.